0: listening to the embassy church podcast and here is today's message god i want to thank you lord that you care for us so much that your love is so so tangible god i want to thank you lord that your presence leads and guides oh god i just want to thank you you are so good so incredibly good I've got the anointed Bible. <laughs> All right. Stay. Okay. God is so good. We are so blessed to be able to serve a God who cares so much about us that, we, that, that plans can just fall to the side and, and it doesn't matter to him. He's like, no, I'm going to do what I'm going to do because I love you. And, and there's no he, he, he doesn't care about my plan yeah. and I love that because I want his plan more than my plan anyways and when we have an opportunity to pray for people and to break stuff off people I, it's I, I get speechless I love it I cannot have it enough I love the way God works um so, today I just want to kind of give you guys an encouragement. We're going to talk about, uh, about decision making um, and, and the role that fear tends to make in decision making in our lives. Because fear should have no role in our decision making. Because there's, there's a few different ways that people make decisions in fear. The first one is, I'm scared to do it, so I'm not going to do it. Um, you know, there's, there's a, uh, when, we, when I was a kid. We did, a, um, we did a thing called Winner's Invitational Challenge, and a lot of you guys will remember that, where we would do uh, performance events, and I was absolutely terrified. I'm, I was an athlete, it was just something I was easy to do. I could play basketball, and I could run, and I could run forever. Um, but when you put me up on stage to sing a song, I would freeze, and I would just sit here, completely frozen, and, and be like, Ugh. and my voice would come out, but barely. And, and it's, a, it's an example of when we freeze in fear. And we, don't, we decide not to make a choice because of fear. And we can't do that. That's, we don't have, fear cannot play that role in our lives. The second one is, is when we fight in fear. So um, for me, the way this looked like in my life, and I don't know, um, I, haven't, I haven't actually done a huge study to see what it looks like in everyone else's lives, but for me in my life, it looked like I'm scared to do this, so I'm going to do it. Because I refuse to let fear rule my life. But it actually, that's still fear ruling your life. It's still fear ruling your decisions when you do that. Uh, an example of this is I was a kid, probably eight years old, maybe, maybe even younger, um, and my parents went to superstore and they left my brother in charge. Um, it, they left my brother in charge in, in, in our I think it was our old station wagon, and um, my brother was supposed to keep me from doing anything stupid which, if you guys know me, that's kind of a hard task to do. Yeah. Um, but my, my sister had this grand idea. And, and I don't know all the details because I've heard the story so much more that I actually there's part of me that doesn't actually remember the story. But my sister had this idea where um, she told me to moon everybody coming out of the superstore. To pull my pants down, stick it out the window, and moon everybody. And I was smart. I said no. There was no way that my sister was getting me to do this. And she could, it took her 15 minutes, and she and, and I don't know. I assume that this is because this was my weak spot at the time, but I assumed she looked at me and said, "I dare you, I dare you to do it." And I'm like, "Well, I'm not a coward. That's not going to happen. I'm not going to be that person." And so I did it. I stuck my pants, up, I pulled my pants down, stuck it out the window just as my parents walked out of the superstore. <laughs> and but this is a way. This is a way that fear can. Can affect your decision making. I'm scared to do it, so I'm going to do it. I'm not going to let fear stop me. But in fact, fear has just manipulated you into doing something. And so we've got these different ways. So how do we how do we make decisions when we're scared? Then, because both different ways, it doesn't. Matter. You can either not do it out of fear, or you can do it out of fear. But so I had this big decision. Um, over the past couple months, I was uh, actually about eight months, I've been dating a girl from New Jersey. I love her to death. She's amazing. And I had to figure out, is this the girl that I want to marry? And I had there was a part of me that's, that's scared, because I've been living a long time by myself, traveling all over the country. I've been living a long time where this is, the, this is the way I know how to do life. And it terrifies me to actually change the way I do life and to be responsible for someone else. And I can look at this and I can be like, okay, so I'm, I'm scared of it, so I can jump in and do it. Which is definitely not the right way to make that decision. The other side is, I'm terrified to be wrong. So I'm sitting here and I've got these fears, these, these opposite fears kind of pushing and pulling me. And so, a lot like what Megan gave the advice to the, to the younger kids today, I had to go to people who I trust to have my best interest at heart in order to make this decision. And so I went to Megan, I went to my dad, uh, I talked to a man named Marcus, and I went to David McGrew. And these people, they all, kind of, they all put wisdom into the situation. Some of them are on opposing, opposing viewpoints, but they all spoke wisdom into the situation because when you're scared, what you need is wisdom. And the Bible says that you can ask God for wisdom, he'll give it to you completely, without, without making fun of you that you, need, that you asked for it, he's going to give it to you. And so when I was struggling with fear in this, David McGrew gave me a piece of advice, and I absolutely love it, and I'm going to give it to you guys because I think it's the best advice I've ever gotten. When you're scared, run to Jesus. Now, that sounds really simple, but I'm going to give you a practical way to do that. When you're scared, instead of watching TV, which pushes down the fear for it to come up at a later time, or... or, or there's many ways that we do it in our culture, whether it's pornography, drinking, uh, drugs. We do it 100,000 different ways. But instead of doing something to cover it up, focus on it and pray. Because when you, foc- when you push it down, your peace that you're getting is actually a calmness and not a peace. And it's a, com- it's a numbness, thank you. It's a numbing and not a peace. And so you'll think you have peace and then 20 minutes later when your movie is over or whatever it's gone your peace is gone and that struggle that fear comes back and normally bigger than it did before and it will confuse you because you'll be looking for peace you'll be calling something peace that's actually numbness and so when you focus on it and you pray and i pray when i i pray in tongues that's what i do when i focus on it and i pray in tongues it actually allows the spirit to shift my heart and move me into the direction that I should be going. And it's a process because there's a lot of little decisions that make up the big decision. But we always need to be running to Jesus. And that's just one practical way that I found out how to do it. Now, I want to take you into uh, 2 Timothy 1.7. Um, and I'll just get you to put it up on the screen here. Um, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Um, and I'm just going to do a really quick, I'm not the kind of person that, that, that will dig in and give you a whole bunch of like Greek words or whatever, but I just want to take a couple things out of this. So when you look at the word fear here, it's, it, says, it says timidity or cowardice. That's what the word means. So God did not give us a spirit of cowardice. He did not make us cowards. That is not our, that is not our life. That is not who we are. We may have moments of timidity, we may have moments of cowardice, but that's not who we are because God did not give it to us. But he gave us power of love and of a sound mind. The power there, power there is the word dunamis, which actually is talking about miraculous power. So the power when I pray for someone and their leg grows back, or their, or their broken arm comes straight, or their Achilles tendon heals immediately, that is the miraculous power it's talking about. All right. So God gave us actually miraculous power to fight the thing that we're scared of, even if it looks like we don't have an option. God gave us miraculous power to do that. Love is the word agape, which we all like. We know that a lot of us know this. It's the God kind of love, and it's love with no strings attached. What it does, um, and I read a quote here. I wanted to read it from Bruce E. Winston of Regent University, and it says agape has no ulterior motives and it gives a sense of doing the right thing at the right time for the right reason so when you are can you just keep that verse up just for a bit but when you're looking when God's given you power love he's given you the miraculous power to defeat fear and he's also given you love which is that you can guarantee that you have a sense of doing the right thing at the right time for the right reasons not being manipulated by fear and then he gives you the discipline to carry it out. So, uh, sound mind. In some translations, it's discipline. Um, um, and so uh, he gives you the discipline. So I'm going to just read this verse one more time, just throwing in all of that. All right? For God did not make us cowards. Instead, he gave us miraculous power, a sense of doing the right thing at the right time for the right reason, and the discipline to follow him with a clear conscience. When we look at decision-making... That's what we have. Some of us have been, looking, have been making decisions based out of fear for far too long. We look at this and we say, oh my goodness, what do I do? How do I do this? Like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. But what God's saying is that you don't need to make decisions out of your timidity, out of cowardice. You can make decisions out of miraculous power, a sense of doing the right thing at the right time for the right reason, and he will give you the discipline to follow through. Now, and all of that you cannot have with fear. And so we cannot be living in a state of fear. But what we have to do is we have to look and see what should we be focusing on. Because it's it's easy enough to say, "Don't, don't look at your fear. But if you don't look at what you're scared of, all of a sudden, what do you look at? And this is where running to Jesus comes in. All right, um, in Revelations 2, 2 to 4, it's, uh, um, I'll just wait for it to come back, come up here, because I, I think this is really important. In the, in the Passion Translation, translation, it says, I know all that you've done for me. You've worked hard and persevered. I know that you don't tolerate evil. You have tested those who claim to be apostles and proved they're not, for they were impostors. I also know how you bravely endured trials and persecutions because of my name, yet you have not become discouraged. Now, if I saw this, if this was speaking about my church, I'd be like, yes, we made it. This is, this is it. This is the point. And, and, but if we look at the next verse, this is where it all matters. They've done all of this great stuff. They've been working in miracles. They've correctly discerned what is right, what is wrong. They've said, you're a false prophet. You're a true prophet. They've got all of this stuff going. But this, this is a letter from Jesus to a church. This I have against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. Now, when you're in love, (laughs) I know this a little bit more than I did about a year ago. But when you're in love, you will do things you hate so I'm just this I fell in love during a pandemic where I wasn't allowed to travel internationally my girlfriend lives in the States and so traveling there has a very um interesting uh look to it I have hit the border five times in the last nine months I have taken, one second, I record 14 covid tests, two vaccination shots, thousands of dollars of airfare, five trips to the border, two of them have been denied. And I did this because I love a girl. Now now take a look at this and this is how I act towards a girl. How do I act towards Jesus? What have I done? This is what I have done for my relationship. What have I done for Jesus? We go through so much difficulty for this, yet for this, it's like, yeah, I've got 10 minutes in the morning, I can read my Bible. I, I prayed last night. I prayed before that, it was three weeks ago. I, I sat in the presence of God when I was at work, not really, not really, not really focusing on him. If I treated uh, Jessica like that, I would not have a relationship for very long. We, we want Jesus to have, that. we want to have this intimate relationship with Jesus. Um, and all of us do, otherwise we wouldn't be here. We want to have this intimate relationship with Jesus. Yet, we spend less time with him than we do driving. To and from work. And and not all of us, I, I understand that. I'm, but we need to look and say, okay. Have I abandoned my first love? When I when I first got saved, I was do I was I was all over street evangelism. I was praying for people and seeing them healed. Like when I when I came back, because when I came back to God, I was doing all of this stuff. I was making these sacrifices in my own life just so I could go out and feel the presence of God. I was traveling to and from. Um, uh, like a certain speaker that would, that would come and I would feel his presence every time. I'd feel God's presence and, he, and I got discipled into hearing God's voice but have I let that slip? What was first, that first love have I let that slip? And we talk about this in decision making because my decisions are based on what I love. The decisions that I make are based on what I love but they're also based on the lies that I believe. The Bible says in James 4, 8, if you could just throw it up, it says, move your heart closer and closer to God and he will come even closer to you. Make sure that you cleanse your life, you sinners, and keep your heart pure and stop doubting. The point I want to focus on here is right at the beginning. It says, move your heart closer to God and he will come even closer to you. That's not a suggestion. That's a promise. When you step forward, this object here, I can move further from it, and then I'm far from it. The closer I move, the closer it gets to me. It doesn't move. Dad, do you want to come up for a second? I love this. Like, a father's love is so different than a, pe- than a podium. Because <laughs> I know that the minute I ask my dad to come up here, he's coming to me. I can walk away from my dad... And we know what's going to happen. He's going to, like, he's standing there. He's not going to, he hasn't chased me. But when I'm like, Dad, I need a hug. The first thing he's going to do, when I move forward closer to him, he's going to move closer to me. When I come home and I give my dad a hug, I cannot out-hug my dad. I can't do it. If I give him a hug, he gives me a tight hug. Unless the sound, thank you. But it's like, but when I move towards my dad, he will move towards me. And in the Bible, when Jesus Jesus was constantly calling God his father. He was constantly telling stories about like a prodigal son that came home to his dad, and when his dad saw him, he ran. The minute his dad had sorry, the minute his dad had opportunity to believe that 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 tight knit relationship would be there, he ran. And that's God. That is God to us. And that's who we are. And so when I take action spending time with God, he will do the same for you and he will outdo you. If we're going to kick fear out of our decision-making, if we're going to replace it with Jesus and replace it with love, then we have to look at why Is it that we make the decisions the way we do already? In Proverbs 4.23, it says, So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for for there flows the wellsprings of life. In your heart, that's where your decision-making comes from. And we can look, we can read we can read the Bible all we want, even if it's Megan's Bible. We can read it all we want, but if we don't actually get it in our heart, our decision-making process will always be fear. It will always be, what are we scared to do? But when we actually sit there and focus on taking that 18-ish journey from our head to our heart, when we do that, our decision-making process changes. There was this lady that used to uh, come to the church when I was a little boy. Her name was Barbara Knight. I love her, absolutely love her, and she had so many of these short quips that would make you uh, think and laugh and really look at yourself and be like, yikes. Um, But she told this story once of when she was driving on a gravel road, uh, and she was driving uh, faster than she should have, and this truck turned on the road and was going really, really fast, and there was not space for them both to go, and there wasn't space for them to stop and so they were they were on a collision course and there was no way around this and the first thing out of her mouth when she got close and she realized that there was no chance she closed her eyes and shouted jesus as loud as she could now my dad calls this a limbic response it was when she has trained her her heart where to go when she's in trouble now, when she, when, she, when she opened her eyes and she was on the other side of this truck and she turned around and there was no tire track, her tire tracks were not there. The truck's tire tracks were, but hers weren't. Somehow she had passed but over the, over the truck and survived it and she couldn't figure it out. But this limbic response, this response, this instinctual response that says when I'm in trouble, that's where I go because I know I'm going to be cared for. That is where we need to be so that when we make decisions, we know the decisions are going to be based on Jesus, based on love, and not based out of how fear is manipulating us, because that's what fear does. So we need to look, again, we need to look at why we make the decisions we do. Some of us, we love God with all of our hearts. We give, we're like, oh my goodness, this is the best thing ever. I, just, I want to make all my decisions based on Jesus, but we don't actually believe who God says he is. We don't believe, we, we're scared that, we have fear that God won't come through. We have fear that God doesn't really love us. We have fear that we're going to get left hanging. Because we are believing lies about who God is. When we believe that God is good, we know that he's not going to leave us hanging. When we believe that God loves us, we know that everything that happens to us is because he loves us and he will make good on it. We know that every promise that he makes, he will fulfill and that he won't promise anything that will hurt us. But he will take the decisions that we make and the decisions everyone else makes around us and make it good for us. This is who God is. And if we don't believe that, our decision making will always be based on fear if we don't actually confront the lies in our lives, our decision-making will always be based on fear. So I want to take a minute or two uh, today, and I want to challenge you guys. So we've got, uh, we, we, we have this once a week, we get together and we get, to, we get to hear an encouraging word, but I want you guys to take a look at how, the decisions that you've made. Because if, if faith is in your heart, The decisions you make will be made out of faith. Uh, James 2.18 says, But someone may object and say, If one person has faith and another person has works, go ahead, and I love this. He's he's like, yeah, okay, that's what you say, but go ahead and prove it to me. Prove to me that you can have faith without works, and I'll prove you my faith by my works. Because when you have faith in your heart, your decision-making is based on faith. But if you have fear in your heart, even though you may act out faith, the decision will most likely still be ruled by fear. So I want to take—I I want to—I just want to, to take a moment and just—I want us to kind of refocus on Jesus. And I know that that's kind of—that's kind of—we're at church, right? We're, we take Sunday to always focus on Jesus, but throughout our week, what decisions do we make? How can we adjust our decision-making process to be Jesus-focused and not fear-focused? Because even the kids throughout school this year, they're going to deal with a whole bunch of stuff. They're going to deal with a whole bunch of things, and they're going to be coming to us for help. Just like I went to Mr. McGrew, Megan, and my dad for help, there's going to come a point where they're going to come to us for help, and we need to have God. We need to have Jesus, otherwise we won't have answers. And so I just want to just kind of give you guys just a, a quick, um, Sean, you can come up in a, in a second here, but I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I just want to encourage you guys that to take a look at our decision-making process and put Jesus at the beginning and Jesus in the middle of that process and finally Jesus at the end of that process. And when you do that, your relationship with God, if you do that on a continual basis, you're going to see your spiritual maturity and relationship with God absolutely skyrocket. Because our relationships are strengthened by the hard times we go through. Not by the easy times. As much as I, uh, as much as I love kissing my girlfriend, it's not that that builds our relationship. It's when we argue. And so when you guys have issues, when, when we have issues that we're struggling, we're trying to deal with. And we go to God with our issues, and we go to God with our fears. That is what build, will build us our relationship and through into maturity. But if we decide to cover it up with TV or whatever else we use, because it seems like anything can be used to numb something, any addiction that we have, is actually going to handcuff your maturity and handcuff your relationship with God. information about Embassy Church. Visit our website at embassychurch.ca.